Hey there, welcome back to another episode of MVP Business, where we showcase leaders who live through their mission, vision, and passion to drive growth, profits, and loyalty. Today's guest is Ryan Mason. He was recently named by Yahoo as one of the top 12 entrepreneurs to watch in 2020 and by Fox News as one of the top entrepreneurs to watch during the COVID crisis. Ryan is the founder and CEO of Lux Brand, America's leading luxury shoelace provider, which has been featured on Good Morning America, the NFL Network, in Foot Locker stores, and on over 30 athletes and celebrities. He's also the CEO of BizBuzz, which provides integrated marketing, automation software, and services for over 250 small and medium-sized businesses. He's also the author of a book, which we'll talk about in a little bit. In each of these roles, Ryan is known as a disruptive force with an eye for setting new standards of excellence, and he never shies away from the opportunity to tackle new and interesting challenges. Ryan believes that people, process, and platform are the key elements to building a powerful business. He's here to share the benefits of that approach. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ryan. Wow. First off, Steph, can I steal that intro? I mean, (laughs) you know, I'm going to have to write that down. So thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here today. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, just loop it on all of your uh, your social channels. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you can steal it because it's yours. Um, I'm I'm super impressed because not just because you've done all those things and 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 found success, but you're also very young. <laughs> so <laughs> tell me. I've heard that a lot. <laughs> you just maybe like have the fountain of youth, possibly. <laughs> Tell us how you got here, how you've like come to this place where you've done so many amazing things and you're excited to share it. Sure. My story is pretty interesting. It goes back to high school. My biggest dream was to actually follow my father's footsteps and play professional football. So my entire life revolved around that, right? Playing ball, going to college, getting a scholarship, going to a big school and, and then going on to the uh, NFL. But for me, as we know, life is not linear. Um, Things obviously did not line up the way that I envisioned at the beginning. And basically it goes back, you know, my father always told me, and this kind of, I want to tell this because it trickled over into the rest of my life. My father always told me, there's one thing you need to worry about, especially if you want to go to the next level, and that is to perform. That's it. Don't worry about any of the other distractions. Just get out there and control what you can control and perform. And I did just that. I was very fortunate enough in high school to actually break a couple of state records uh, for tackles and things like that. And obviously, this built me up quite a bit in terms of, hey, I'm going to get that next opportunity to go to the big school, the Alabamas, the Auburns. And unfortunately for me, this didn't happen that way. Um, for me, it was a story of going to these schools and, and being ranked with some of these guys who were playing my position. The only difference is that they were 6'5", 250 pounds, and I was about 5'11", um, 215 pounds, right? So <laughs> the difference is my stats always trump theirs, but I just didn't fit the, the image that, you know, that, that position needed on that level. And this was very hard for me. This was very depressing for me. I went through a, a time where I felt like, man, you know, I'm, I am performing. I'm doing everything that I need to do. But why am I not getting the results that I, 
I feel like I need or I feel like I've worked for, right? So right. this actually led me to being grateful and accepting a scholarship from the only school that gave me a scholarship offer, which was the University of North Alabama. And at the time, oh my goodness, I just really felt like this was not for me. Um, I felt like this is this is way off of the path that, of trajectory that I envisioned at first. But I'm gonna tell you why that happened to be the best thing that ever happened to me, right? Well, basically I went to this small school and and in the midst of doing this, I am continuing my education, but also my career in football. And about three years in, I started to lose love for the game. I was running up against some political things that I that were out of my control. And this kind of led me to thinking, hey, what, does, what would life possibly look like outside of sports, outside of football? How can I use this energy that I'm, that I'm using, you know, every single day and football and you know just just being very active there and transition that energy to something that i could possibly be doing for the rest of my life all right this was an idea that i had and obviously it came from you know me just kind of losing the love for the sport at the time but basically um in that that whole Air, you know, realm of what I was going through mentally, there was a couple of things There were, for me, I didn't want to be seen as a failure or dropping out of school or, you know, because we know, uh, and most people who drop scholarships, it wasn't by choice. <laughs> so I didn't want to be that person. But um, honestly, from there, I finally built up enough courage to just talk to people, um, starting with my mother. Um, and of course, we, as we all know, when you go talk to your mother about leaving a full scholarship, that's not going to be a pleasant conversation. <laughs> and it wasn't for me. <laughs> um, but I went from there after she gave me some good words. <laughs> and then I went to my grandfather and he said it in a nice way, but it meant you no, that's not what you should do. Um, so my pitch, honestly, was I needed to figure out how can I make use of this time? How can I plead this case to my, my, my mom and my grandfather? And I still haven't built up the courage to talk to my father at, the, at that time. But how do I have a, come up with a plan that's good enough for me to actually justify this transition in my life? Well, that led to me basically starting my first company. All right. And my first company, as you mentioned, is called Lux Brand. And we provide we're the leading branded provider of luxury leather shoelaces in the U.S., okay? So we make really cool exotic leather laces made from mostly Italian lambskin, and we've had some, some really early success with that. But honestly, you know, for me going through that period in my life where things just didn't line up the way that I wanted them to, for me going through you know, the, the little small depressive states where I was like, ah, you know, why am I working so hard towards this and I'm not getting re the results? If I didn't go through those things and bump my head, I wouldn't have saw the light on the other side. Mm -hmm. So that's how my story starts. Um, and of course, that later on, that go evolved into some other things, but that is ultimately where I got started. <laughs> So what got you started? There's so many things in that that I want to talk about, but what got you started with shoelaces? Number okay. one, luxury leather shoelaces, very unique. Um, also want to mention, just to, just to call it out again, the power of 
taking a really disappointing situation Mm -hmm. and just living with it and leaning into it and finding out later that that disappointing situation was probably the crux to your next success. Wow. That's happened for so many people. So I just want to call that back out again and then ask the question about shoelaces. (laughs) Sure. sure. It took a long time for me to get there. It it really did. It it took a long time. And now if I look back now, like the, the, the knowledge and experience that I've gained now is basically I can literally, I can say that it is basically the thought of successful people failing their way to the top. Mm. I mean, once I literally were, was able to digest that and understand like, hey, Ryan, you got to go through something because if you're not going through something, if you're not, your goals are not big enough, the, the reality is that, yeah, you may win every single battle, but you're, not, you're probably not going to be where you want to be, right? Yeah, so Tony Robbins had, um, he, I, I won't say it exactly the way he says mm-hmm. it, but something in the context of if your problems are small, then so are your goals. Mm. You know, it, like if you have really big problems, you're probably going to have really big successes. Right. That's that's true. One hundred percent. We as humans are, you know, there's a point in my life where I really and I still do it to this day. But there's been times where I look back and I'm like, gosh, my goals were so small. I had no idea of what I really was capable of. Mm-hmm. I had no clue. I mean, if when I first got started, for me to see, say, hey, I'm going to land a product on the number one watch show in the country, it would have been a laughing matter. You All know? right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's so funny because, you know, there's a saying that I, I really believe is so true. Like, you know, people only say you're crazy until you do it. Mm-hmm. And well, you- and then they think you're lucky. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Hey, that's the next part of that. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I really, I love that. The, the concept of you have to keep failing your way forward. So what, what obstacles did you come up against and and overcome as you were getting started? Yeah. I think one of the biggest things for me was I was young. I was in college. I, felt like I was burdened by that scholarship at that point. Um, but basically, I, I didn't really pursue the business until after I had left it. But I didn't have the resources. I mean, let's be honest, you know, as a college student, there aren't many resources. I was in a small town in Alabama. I couldn't travel when I wanted to travel. You know, I couldn't do a lot of things. So I had to be extremely creative. And I had to learn how to be resourceful. I had to learn how to do things untraditionally. And that is where I realized that when the untraditional things is what really captures people's attention. And that's how they remember you, you know, so the mix of doing that, that's actually what kind of led me into starting my, um, my hybrid agency um, was because I realized that some of the things and some of the strategies that I was using, to me, were not groundbreaking because I had no context of what was a good strategy or not. But when I expressed that with so many other local businesses, they were like mind blown. Like, and I'm, I'm yeah. And I'm, and I'm over here literally like, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the face. I was kind of embarrassed to kind of say like, 
But, you know, I, and, and it took some time to, to realize that. I had to hear from several people that, hey, Ryan, you, you probably should package this up, <laughs> you know, and sell it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's really interesting. Um, I've learned, so I worked for another agency for uh, 14 years. I keep wanting to say 17, but <laughs> I think it was just 14. And, um, and we used to go to conferences all the time and he would be like, wow, why did we pay for this? I know all this stuff already. It's like, you know, it's so common sense. I'm like, just because you know, it doesn't mean that it's common sense. That just means that you've learned it. So, mm -hmm. And I've, I fall into that as well. Um, and I think that, you know, people who, you know, struggle with, should I have a podcast? Should I write a book? Should I write a blog even? Does, don't, doesn't everybody already know this? Right. Well, I do this all the time. As soon as I know something, I feel like surely everyone else knows it. We all do. Yeah. We all do. We all do. And it's important to understand, you know, that their experiences may be completely different than yours. So the way the they process, right? The, mm -hmm. the way of thinking. Right. It's different. Exactly. Yeah. And I always say, I feel like marketing is common sense. Mm -hmm. It's business, it's psychology and common right. sense. But it's not. It's That's a true. way of thinking. And, and common sense isn't necessarily common. <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so true. Tell, tell us a little bit about what those, what those early findings were that you felt like you needed to package to, to get out there. So you started the shoelace company and it was, it's, right. it was really successful. It was going and, and doing the things you wanted it to do because of your, your marketing. Right. And then you were talking to other people and they said, brilliant. And you said, okay. <laughs> so, okay. Um, yeah. So then I realized, honestly, that how much how many people I could help. It was kind of a natural fit for me. And I didn't realize that till literally I was already in business doing marketing and um, building software for over a year. Uh, one thing I realized was that my father, my uncle, my grandfather and all five of his brothers all owned separate local businesses. Oh, everyone wow. around me. I, I had. And it's so crazy because I didn't put two and two together. I, I had no, I really didn't until later on. So it was a natural transition. Um, and basically, you know, I was able to actually just really help um, so many people early on. And I, what I really learned was that there was a couple of things that were pretty common. And, and different businesses. We're talking about e-commerce companies that is luxury, fashion, and then we're talking about service-based businesses and sometimes B2B businesses, right? Well, the thing is, people process and platform. The right people use a proven process and they use a platform to do it at scale. So that is kind of the core of the things that I really realized, like how does this transition um, to the different business models? And for me, I knew that those challenges that I had was efficiency. I needed to figure out how to be efficient and consistent. So for me, with the limited money, time, and you know, just you know, effort basically that I had because I had so many different things, I had to be very, very efficient. And what allowed me to do that was the process, learning the process, documenting it, and also the platforms. Okay, so my first thing was, hey, the process, right? Well, 
what are some of these strategies that I'm doing or using to, you know, help get attention and bring awareness to, to my business? And also, how am I helping? How can I help these other people? So I formulated that and packaged that together, right? Then I realized that, okay, we're in a growing marketplace. There's tech products literally everywhere. And basically, with so many different options, how do we find something that's nimble enough? And also, how do we find something that is um, integrated enough and simple enough so that customers can manage their listings, their reputation, their social media, their analytics, their website, all from one place? And that's where the platform came. Because then we wanted to bring in automation and something that can be used so that they don't have to go to 15 different places to do marketing, right? And I'll tell you how this kind of came full circle back around was recently now, obviously, with the release of my book. It's called The Digital Playbook. And basically, I would be doing, you know, obviously, in a growing in a growing marketplace right now, you have a lot of companies that want, you know, people to do the work for them. But also, you have a really growing um customer base of companies who really want to do it on their own mm-hmm. right they just need some some a little hand holding and a little guidance right well for us we can obviously either do it completely for them but the other piece of that is i wanted to make sure that i package my entire process and i put it in this book and i wanted to show them like hey this is what we do um and also this is how we've done it and this is how you can apply it on your own um at your own time and with your own, you know, obviously assets. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where we are and, and kind of what we're doing, but that's how, I, that's how I package everything together. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause so many small businesses, I think, like you said, it grew out of your own pain and of, you know, how do I do this efficiently? Because I have so many pieces of this business that I need to manage as a, as a CEO, as a business owner, but then you have to sell it, you have to market it, all this stuff. So how do you do it efficiently? And I think that's where most small businesses struggle to get to medium or large is they're so busy kind of spinning in all of the different, you know, literally spinning plates right. <laughs> or like, I've got to do this and this and this and this. But yeah, if you can find a way to be efficient or finding the, the right times to hire the right people, then you can move yourself up to that, that next notch without right. sacrificing your, your profits. Like you're, you're moving all of it up at the same time. Right. That's the, that's the concept behind it. Awesome. Thank you so much for putting it out there and, and um, share it. When does the book uh, launch? When you, when is it available? At the end of October, uh, but you can actually go and get, go ahead and sign up right now. Um, so you can get early access and uh, it's going to be launching on Amazon. So I'm super excited. It's my first one. It's my awesome. first one. Congrats. Um, well done. Thank you. Thank you. And it's been a process, but I mean, we're about, about 90 pages in right now. Um, and it is, I'm just super excited of what it's come to be since the very first day of starting to write it. <laughs> so you've done so much in, in, a, in a short amount of time. There's so many questions. Um, what, what's been the hardest decision that you've had to make in with basically I think, you know, writing a book is almost like starting a mini business because uh, then you have to promote it as well. So yeah. you've had these like 
three different ventures um, and, and marketing is an ever evolving venture. What's been right. the hardest decision that you've had to make in, in the last several years if you, as you've gone through this journey? Does it, does it have to be business related or? No. Mm -mm. or okay. I would say the biggest and hardest decision was leaving that scholarship. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be completely honest. I was dealing with so many things. And I think now, God, like one of the things I really want to share is we rely or we spend too much time and energy focuses, focusing on what everyone else thinks of us. And that is what I was doing. I was wondering, you know, hey, I was formulating opinions based off of what I feel like others was going to, you know, see me as. And that almost made me not go through that moment and experience that the way that I experienced it so that I can get to where I am now. So the biggest challenge was literally making the decision to leave that scholarship because I had worked so hard for so many years and everything, I mean, absolutely everything was telling me it wasn't the best thing to do. Every person around me um, in, in most cases, but internally, my gut feeling was, Ryan, you need to take the step. Mm -hmm. And I did it. So you trusted your intuition. Do you think back on that now as a business leader? Do you have times where your, your peers and your family are telling you something and your intuition is telling you something else? And you look back on that decision and say, my intuition was right then. I should follow it now. Absolutely. <laughs> I joke with my mom all the time. So you remember I mentioned my dad, my uncle, my grandfather, and his five brothers. My mom is the, the, the small missing piece in there. So she, she is not business minded at all. She's more the, on the health side, right? Um, I tell her all the time, I said, mom, there was a time where I didn't listen. I did everything the exact opposite of what you said. <laughs> It worked out so well. <laughs> yeah, she, she, oh my goodness. But she knows it's true. And um, yes, there's been plenty of times where I have definitely reflected back on that moment. And in some cases, I haven't. I've <laughs> literally had to also have people, there's been people literally tell me, Ryan, you, let's be honest. I mean, think about your story. You, usually your gut feeling is, is usually right and spot on. And I've had to literally be like, oh, I, you're right, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'll say I've reflected on it then, uh, but absolutely. So the challenge with that is as time goes by and you trust your gut and you trust your intuition and you continue to do that and you build more and more success, there come times when it gets confusing whether or not it's your ego or your intuition mm -hmm leading the charge um, <laughs> and and so especially as you know someone who's had these great successes right. um, and is in the intuition has has led you correctly um, are there times when you when you struggle that I, I've seen other business owners struggle with it from time to time yeah I think it's something that you definitely got to pay attention to but one thing's for sure is I think when you have data at play mm -hmm. you can use data to a, you know, more efficiently make a decision, then it helps out a ton, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm in a, any given situation, and of course I'm reflecting back on my previous um, success, um, I also have to make sure that it makes sense. I mm -hmm. have to, um, because 
If not, I'd be basically, you know, throwing stuff at the wall and, and hoping it sticks. And I've done that before too, <laughs> but we all have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what if you, are, you talk about data and, and, and your processes, what systems or, or processes do you use to keep your, either your team on track or yourself on track and, and moving forward towards your vision and your mission? Sure. So one of the things is, you know, we talk about process, right? Um, process is basically a system of repeatable tasks that can be put into a checklist, basically. And the way that this works is either I can use this, but also ideally I would be able to give this to a colleague of mine or a team member and they will be able to follow those tasks and they're simple enough so that they can actually perform those tasks as efficient as I have performed them before. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that is, you know, the, the, the core of one of the biggest elements to, to building that business. Now the, platforms that we use obviously we, we do have our own softwares uh, but i can tell you what they do okay so for me one of the core things uh, we talk about the customer journey a lot okay so in that customer journey you have the first stage which is awareness or interest okay and then what usually happens is a customer you know now since they have so much access to data they'll pull out their phone and then they'll do a search. So they're going to see how findable you are online. They're going to search for you, right? Then from there, they're going to do their research. So once they find your information, they're going to dig in. They're going to look at your brand identity. They're going to look at your reviews and what other people have to say about you. And they'll formulate an opinion based off of what they see. Mm -hmm. And then after that, they go into basically the point of conversion, all right? And for most businesses now, this is online. And then after that, the stage of advocacy. So that is once they have actually um, purchased your product or service and they are actually, you know, experiencing, hey, well, the first moment of truth, whether they love it or hate the product. OK, so out of those five pillars, basically our software kind of helps you guys make it easy to win at every stage. So in the interest and awareness stage, you have ads, ad reporting. All right. And also automated AI advertising. But on the next stage, which is the search and the findability, that matters for listings. So now you can manage all your listings, your Google My Business, your Facebook, your social channels, your Yelp and, you know, Better Business Bureau and all of those listing places that have your key important information, you know, about your business. And then going on down the funnel, um, you have the reputation stage, right? So that's where people are going to research you, okay? And... In that stage, you, it's going to be important to manage your reviews, ask for reviews, manage your competition, manage, you know, who has the biggest share of voice online, manage, you know, just a ton of things, even your social, right, all from that place. Um, but the next stage is the point of conversion, right? So basically, we, we have an actual partnership with WordPress, and we basically, you can actually build your website within WordPress in our platform um all from templates okay and then last stage going back into the advocacy we have some partnerships that we uh, have been working on with active campaign and um constant contact for email marketing customer relations management stuff like that so Very those cool. are the different things that i think you know are extremely important that every single business needs to have 
Definitely. So you, your, your platform helps them through all that whole, that whole journey, that whole process. That's fantastic. Right. Right. Cause it's important to win at every single stage. Absolutely. Especially nowadays people, if it's not exactly right, there's someone else out there, something else that they can just a, a click away. Yeah. And imagine how easy it is. You know, you mentioned a click away. Imagine if someone's kind of making their way down the customer journey, right? So they see an ad and the first thing they do is they search for that business. All right. So they search for that business and then they do their research on that business. And then they see that there's a couple of negative reviews that kind of haven't been responded to and they just didn't give the best vibe for that business. Well, it's so simple that all that customer is going to do is literally hit the back button and go to the next person in line. Mm -hmm. They're going to go to the next business in line. And that at that point, you know, I've, I've actually dealt with companies who are wanting to run ads and bring thousands and tens of thousands of eyes to their business, but they haven't laid the foundation, right? They haven't collected the positive reviews and the positive mentions and built brand identity and, you know, made sure that they were easily accessible and findable online before doing that. So that's why it's really important that you focus and narrow down and buckle down on all of those stages. Yeah, absolutely. And that reputation management is a big piece that that a lot of people forget about or uh, ignore uh, or get frustrated by. It's easy to get frustrated because, you know, customers are more likely to leave a negative review than a positive review if you're not actively asking for the positive reviews. Mm -hmm. So if you get a couple and you're like, I didn't even do that. That's not how that went. And you just, yeah, I'm going to ignore that because that's not really what happened. Right. Rather than saying, hey, I'm sorry, that's what your experience was. That's not what we try to do. How can we make it up to you? Um, you know, just kind of trying to not necessarily salvage that relationship, but realizing that that post can salvage hundreds of thousands of future relationships. 100% accurate. So yeah, it's absolutely worth it. And it can get really time consuming if you're a restaurant or a a B2C, but it's so worth it. Absolutely worth it. It is. It is. So, you know, when you think about just being efficient, right? So if you're a restaurant, so one of the things that we wanted to make sure we implemented was that, you know, obviously if you're getting tons and tons of reviews, the restaurant industry that is kind of, that's one of the leading industries in getting feedback and reviews from customers. And they are quick to say, this is terrible. (laughs) So, um, but we wanted to provide, right, right. We wanted to provide a way for uh, businesses like that to manage those reviews. So if they are good, and basically we implemented like sentiment analysis. So if you get a good review and they're saying positive things about these keywords, then there's a couple of templates that can show you or that you can actually click and it'll basically go ahead and send a reply to them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if there's bad, if they're, they're bad and maybe it's a one star or two star review, then obviously those need to be handled a little differently, right? Mm-hmm. And as you said, you know, making sure you acknowledge that, hey, whatever that they didn't like, acknowledge it first, and then basically make sure you try to get the conversation offline so you can resolve it. And um, so it doesn't stink so bad, you know, (laughs) for everyone else. Yeah. 
Yeah, and even just showing that you replied and that you acknowledge the the issue and you're like working towards something. Mm -hmm. If I like personally read a review and and like just general um, research research shows that if a consumer sees that the business put an attempt toward bettering the relationship, then it 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 doesn't take away that negative sentiment, but it repairs it like eighty percent. Yeah, it eases it. Correct. Yeah. And also, even when you get good reviews, you know, you still want to respond to those as well, because that provides an opportunity for you to actually, you know, do an upsell or talk about a new pervert, I mean, a a new promotion or event coming up, you know, or to turn a, a, um, just a general positive uh, review or positive customer into a lifelong um, promoter. Absolutely. Like not only did they do this, but they also replied with this and they sent me a gift card or whatever it was. And like, whoa. You, and you can turn around negative reviews that way too. I had a, a customer who um, had a, a regional product that went national and they had a lot of challenges doing it. <laughs> and because of that, their product suffered a little bit. Right. So um, there was this one it started off as one person and then there were a couple of, but this one person who kept, you know, putting negative reviews on, um, on Facebook. Mm. And so the, uh, the CMO call, like emailed the guy and said, send me your phone number. And he called him directly and he said, Hey, this is not what we want our product to be. And he used some of his language back and the guy was like, well, he dropped an F-bomb and like, <laughs> the CMO dropped an F-bomb in this conversation. And he's like, yeah, this is not what we want our product to be. We are working hard. Please let me send you something. And yeah. he did. And, and they sent a, like a, it's, it was chips. And he sent a $50 care package of chips and sauces and salsas. And like, this is all of our product. This is how it's supposed to be. And the wow. guy was like, yeah, now I like this. Now I like yeah. the brand. And like, yeah, well, you know, going that extra mile turned it around completely to where this guy who was really could have destroyed the brand just because he was very vocal right. um, is now a promoter of the right. brand. Imagine running ads and bringing 100,000 eyes to your business and you having a couple of really negative reviews that mention the staff and the business owner in those reviews and they are left unresponded to yeah then you've just thrown that money to google here you go charity (laughs) even worse to your competitors because all they're going to do is back up and go to the next person in line that's absolutely true so we talked about your platform um, and, and how it's awesome for, um, for all the things that we just talked about for the customer journey. Mm-hmm. Do you, what do you do to keep yourself? I mean, you have a lot going on. What do you do to keep yourself? I know some of the answer, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, to keep yourself motivated, on track, and clear and focused. First and foremost is my why. Honestly, I just have a passion for just shaping the future leaders and business leaders of tomorrow. Honestly, I, and I, I say that because I have always had that help. I have always had someone in my corner. There may have been a different person at different points in my life, but they have made sure that I didn't say no to myself 
and they have encouraged me and pushed me. So that's number one. That's why I do this every day. And I love this. And I, and I have truly fallen in love with the journey. All right. Um, now, the second thing is, you know, how do I maintain all of this <laughs> um, is for one, my, my schedule, I've had to like really, really buckle down on the system, right? When to do this at what times of the day, when to have these meetings. And I'm, there's, uh, there's been times where I literally can remember just losing track of all of that. And mm -hmm. you can see, cause after a period of time, those results tr tend to trickle and decrease. So once I get back on task and I make sure that I plan out everything, then I can manage multiple things and then I can actually, you know, achieve exceptional growth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you, um, you're very much about processes in, in, in every uh, realm and you've seen that your success is um, tremendously greater when you have a process, not just in like business processes, but a process in your day and how you manage your schedule. Mm -hmm. And also people. You know, like I said, see, people, process, and platform, they're not interchangeable. Yeah. They're not literally interchangeable in terms of just business either. It's business and personal life because the way that this trickles over into my life is, you know, as you see the process, right, but also the people. When you have positive people around you in yeah. life in general, they're going to help you. They're going to push you, and they're going to be an example for you of basically just being a great person. Mm -hmm. So that trickles over into business too. When you network with business owners who are high achievers, great companies, great cultures, it, it rubs off on you, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> so it's kind of the same, it's the same way. So whether it's business or in life. Absolutely. Yeah, my husband uh, mentioned to me once, uh, I think it was something mentioned on the Tim Ferriss show that, um, you know, you are a combination of the five people you spend the most time with. It's wow. kind of the same concept of you are what you eat, that you are a combination of the, those energies that you spend the most time with. That includes the media that you consume. So if mm -hmm. you spend most of your time listening to positive podcasts or business podcasts, you're going to be motivated in, and like, you know, mm -hmm. really soaking that in. Sure. If you spend your time, you know, uh, listening to comedy shows, then that, you know, that's going to trickle in. And if you spend your time watching murder mysteries, <laughs> right. you know, all of that plays a, you're not, not like you're going to turn into a serial killer, but <laughs> it is going to, <laughs> It's going to make a difference. Dexter was really motivating for me. It does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shows the last time I watched TV. Uh, <laughs> reference. But, um, but it is true. You know, it's like, you know, whether it's network news or, or whatever it is, it's mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the energy that you, you're consuming, just like the food, the beverages that you're consuming, right. you're consuming that positive or negative energy. Right. I agree. I agree. And it's, I think that's one of the, the most challenging things about this pandemic, um, which this is the first uh, podcast that I've been on that I haven't actually mentioned that in the beginning. So I feel like that's how normal it's become. Mm. But um, the, one of the things that I'm realizing for me personally is the um, negative and confusing energy that's in the world is 
kind of seeping its way into all things business and personal as well. And it's if I find it so much harder to like keep that focus and keep that positive upward trajectory when there's um, confusion, depression, and uh, scarcity and fear like right. floating through the air everywhere. Um, right. Have you found the same thing? And, and what do you do to keep yourself motivated and, and on track and, and in that positive mindset? The, the only thing I can think about during what you just said was 2020. <laughs> Literally, I just see those letters in big, bold uh, text. Yeah, so for me, I think, yes, there are so many different things going around on and it's impacting so many different people on so many different levels. And that is, unfortunately, it's probably not going to change anytime soon. Um, we're still in the middle of this and it's basically everything is coming to the forefront and the light now. Mm -hmm. um, but a couple of things that I've done is basically the way that I get up in the morning um, and also that process in terms of my daily routine, but also working out. Okay, and eating a healthy um, balance, right? So I blame all of this on a pandemic, <laughs> but basically I make sure that, you know, I get up and I am thoughtful, thoughtful and thankful about what is going on in my life and what I have in front of me. Because as we all know, it could be worse, right? So that's one of the most important things. Also, I make sure that I try to, if I'm at home with my parents, um, if I'm here, you know, I make sure that I am either eating a healthy breakfast with my family or making sure I'm eating a healthy breakfast by myself. Um, and also making sure that once I continue on into my day, I am following those, you know, following, spending my time wisely. Um, I make sure that when I'm on lunch, I'm not really thinking about business. Mm -hmm. I have to get away from it. Because if not, I love it so much that I will do it all day, every day. That is not healthy. <laughs> okay. It's great, but it's, it's a good feeling, but it's not healthy, right? Because you need balance. Mm -hmm. um, so after that, I make sure I try to work out. Um, and I make sure that I am being mindful of, you know, just, just being active. Because as we know, as you achieve success and your professional career in life or anything, sometimes you, you, your balance gets thrown off, right? You, you start neglecting the loved ones you have. You start um, losing, you know, or gaining the pounds, right? Or <laughs> you start getting bad eating habits, right? Or you adapt bad um, habits in general. Well, I think that that is one of the biggest things that I want to say, you know, years from now that I really, really am proud of is that I figured out how to balance those things or I found my Zen. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that is what I've done. And that honestly has helped me tremendously. Mm -hmm. I have even, you know, in the past, if people laugh at me all the time, my friends do, but I, um, I hired a chef and he, oh, yeah, he, he cooks for me. And I mean, it is, the things, you know, of course, I was like, oh, this is kind of expensive. This is kind of overkill at first. But when I realized about two or three months in, I was like, geez, the meals and things that I'm eating, whether you're, I'm cooking them or he's cooking them, the effects that it's having on my mentality and my mind and 
the, my physical as well is astounding. I can do more, I can be more, and I am more. All mm. from that, you know? So that's kind of what I try to really do is make sure that I am um, being considerate of the balance in my life. Yeah, that's a really good point. So we, we um, I, I've noticed during COVID that people have fully leaned into their comfort mechanisms and then kind of pulled their, themselves back because they realized they went too far, whether it was, you know, binge watching something, reading, um, eating too much, uh, drinking too much. I mean, right. the now they have uh, liquor delivery and you can pick up a gallon of margaritas from every location. I, I, <laughs> I haven't, but uh, probably I to. yeah, probably <laughs> a good thing. I didn't know that. <laughs> You're like what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden, knock, knock, knock. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my goodness. I learned something new. <laughs> yep. You're welcome listeners. Um, <laughs> that's the one thing they wrote down in this whole show. Um, but but then there's this other set that fully went into exercise or fully went into eating well or, or whatever. And what I realized for myself is that, uh, and, and I say I realize, actually, my business coach, Bill Small, told me, <laughs> is that, um, that, that I've got to find that balance on the pendulum that, you know, yes, it, and it, it wasn't necessarily eating because I think I do, I've found in my 20s and 30s, that balance mm -hmm. of eating really well, but enjoying the things that I like to enjoy at this, you know, in, in a balanced way. Um, but the balance of, um, of personal happiness. So I'm a wife and a mother and a business owner and a daughter-in-law and, you know, all the things that come with all those things. Right. And I generally put myself into a pleasing mode and a service mode first. Yeah, naturally. Um, and, yeah. And then my, my business is, you know, very high up there as well. Mm -hmm. So then there comes to this point where I am starving like, yeah. for happiness because I put it all into everything and everybody else. And so what Bill Small helped me to kind of shine the light on is that there's got to be a balance of the whole self, the whole life, your whole life right. has to be balanced. Um, and you can, you can work it into processes and, and, or partly just becoming aware right. that you're doing those things, especially now that, you know, we were kind of in this, we got out of our routines of 2019 and before that, right. and got into, like got thrust into work from home, be with your family 24 hours a day, you know, mm -hmm. educate your children, feed them snacks. Different extremes. You, yeah. you know, and figure out a new way of doing business. Even if you always worked from home, it's still like, well, wait, everybody's communicating differently and I can't just run and have a meeting and brainstorm on a whiteboard with somebody. Right. You know? So how do we, how do we get through that? And it's that, that balance of, of whole life. And it does, it starts with gratitude and, and some semblance of healthy eating that can provide you that clarity. Right. To how to balance all the other things. Absolutely. So I have this thing called the topic wheel and I teach it in my book as well, but basically it's the practice of finding three professional and three um, personal topics that you care about and want to be known for basically. And it helps you generate um, ideas on how to create or what kind of co content to create. Okay. So basically, because 
you know, if you think about it, nobody wants to see businesses, 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 buy my product, buy, buy this, buy that all day, right? They want to connect with you as a person as well, okay? So for me, one of those topics is finding your zen, uh, finding your balance in life. You know, I think during the pandemic, we, with obviously, well, before the pandemic, we were, I, and I, I'm guilty of this. I was so used to just running through life, running, running. Every opportunity, I was straight through the door. My mom was like, slow your butt down. But I was like, I don't care. I'm going. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, you can't contain me. I am out of, I'm out the door. Right. <laughs> and, um, but it forced me and a lot of us to kind of slow down and reflect on those things. But some of the things that are important to me outside of business is just family and friends. And in that topic, will I have, figureheads who I think really exemplify what it means to find your Zen in life. And all of these people on businesses, they have kids, they have family, they have friends and it shows. So that's important. So who, who is your top figurehead that you follow or watch? Um, and, and general for that, that category. Okay, so there's a few people that are close to me. Um, Brandon Gillis is one of them. Um, my father is another one, just being a business owner. Uh, another one is Mitch, Mitchell Ham. Um, so these are actually local guys that I personally know, um, but they really exemplify it. I mean, it, and if I can model my life, you know, and my future o around how they are doing now, I would be very, very pleased. That's Phenomenal and fantastic that you have those people close to you that you can see their whole life to, to be able to model after. That's one of the things that I struggled with for years. Uh, you know, people would say, like, do you have a mentor? Do you have, you know, someone that you look up to? And for many, many years, I didn't um, have anyone especially close to me that I felt like I wanted to follow in their footsteps in any way. And, um, and so I, I, I just like you, um, but different, I just started running quickly in the opposite direction from where I came saying, I don't, I just know, I don't want to be over there. So I'm going to go this way. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and that, you know, I'd run into a wall and I would just be like, okay, where's a rope? Let me scale this thing. Or, <laughs> or, oh, guess that's not available. I'll go this way. <laughs> just boom, just run. Right. Until right. I got to where I was like, oh shit, this is comfortable. What do I do now? I don't have anyone to emulate. I don't know what's next. I hit all my goals. Like, I think I was, I don't know, 26 or something. And I was like, what, what do I do now? <laughs> and that, and I kind of stayed stuck there for a yeah. long time. Cause I thought, well, I never even thought I would get this far. <laughs> really honestly. That's, that's so interesting. Yeah. So then really now it's funny because now I felt like, okay, a couple of years ago, I'm like, oh shit. Okay. I got, I got new goals. Like here they are. Like they're just showing up for me, you know, and this like new right. mindset, what I can do and what I'm capable of. It's like showing up for me. And then I started to find people that I can follow and emulate mm. and, and, um, be mentored by. And you know, like I said, I hired a business coach a couple of years ago. Right. And all of that is helping pro to propel me forward. And I'm, kind of listening to the universe and, and letting it guide right. me well, but 
I don't know if it's just this year or it's mm -hmm. my, my personal lack of process, but I feel like instead of going full speed forward, I feel like I'm like, oh, <laughs> just, and then sometimes just running in circles, yeah. you know, and, and it's like, I'm kind of, I'm going up, I'm, you know, like there's still successes and I'm, I'm attracting the energy that I, I should be attracted. Is there something right that I'm doing? But, uh, but there's definitely been a lack of focus. And I don't know if that's the 2020 thing or if it's just a personal, mm -hmm. you know, to, to right. just a time because I'm right. like, oh, now I have new goals. Like I just want to start running again like I did before. The, all right. <laughs> so I think we, I, I mean, I think we all go through that though. You know, like I said before, I found myself doing that and what helped me was the schedule, but also the topic will too, because another part in my topic will is growth mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, if you remember you stating, you know, when you're about 26 years old, you know, you kind of started to get, uh, or after that, you got a, got a little bit comfortable. Well, for me, it's like, okay, well, I can always go back to this topic will and say, okay, these figureheads in the growth mindset space, what are they doing? How can I create content with them? what are the ideals that they have and it rubs off on me mm -hmm. plain and simple it mm -hmm. rubs off on me it keeps me inspired it keeps me motivated to go i mean one of two of my friends who are on that topic wheel and and i've known them for about two years now but we've honestly we probably hang out probably the most honestly out of all the topic wheel, other than my family um that's on there uh, but I mean, one person, his name is George Z, and his company just hit number 29 on Inc. 5000. And yeah, it's just incredible. Um, and basically, though, he, you know, the, the, the reason I'm mentioning him is because he exemplifies generational wealth, but also having that growth mindset. Mm -hmm. And Don Charlton, who was one of the um, select few out of the entire country who have raised over $30 million as an African-American for their startup company. I mean, um, so he, every conversation that we have, it's so funny because when I have conversations with him, I go in here with this big idea. And he's like, he's just, I mean, he is straight to the point. And he's like, no, that's not it. Uh, you need to do this. And I'm just like, oh my God, he's changed my complete idea. Oh, but I'm thankful for that because he keeps me on my toes. He keeps me on my P's and Q's and keeps me ready. And he helps me think beyond the next step. Think bigger. Yeah. Right. So that's where, the, you know, the growth and, and that's where the, the beauty of the topic is so that because it keeps me grounded on so many different areas. I'm not just thinking about entrepreneurship. I'm thinking about growth mindset, whether that's personal or professional, I'm thinking about, you know, sports and entertainment, which I love. I'm thinking about, you know, generational wealth. I'm thinking about um, digital marketing. I'm thinking about, you know, finding my balance or finding my zen in life as well. So I have two closing questions for you that you can combine mm -hmm. or address separately. Sure. But what is your, what does your vision look like for you or for your businesses? For the future and do you how i guess small maybe we're not stopping i don't know <laughs> so many questions um, <laughs> how do, how often do you address that vision or like you said growth mindset is always about kind of 
you know, pulling yourself upward and forward and how can I continually right. grow? Um, so how do you address that vision? What is it for you? And what would you recommend or state to a, um, someone who is looking to follow their, their new passion into business? Right. So for one business wise, I want to help over 100,000 businesses uh, grow and scale. I, I really do. That's a huge number. But I know with time and software, I can actually do that, right? Um, personally, I think about success. And what success looks like for me is honestly just being able to have a voice to inspire people. I mean, mm -hmm. I really want to inspire people to just take action, um, learn from their mistakes, realize that, hey, it's not over once you make a mistake and understand the value of finding the gold in those mistakes as well, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's the personal thing. The second question, can you repeat that one more time? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, what, would you, what would you say or recommend to anyone who is discovering their passion and wanting to turn it into a business? What um, advice would you have for them? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> a really good one. I think, I think about some of the things that my dad told me. <laughs> um, he said, Ryan, you know, it's, it's a long journey. It's a long, a long process. And, you know, it's not all about money. It's not all about money. It's about falling in love and with helping people and helping mm -hmm. businesses achieve success. And once you fall in love with that in the journey, the rest will follow. So my advice is to understand that Yes, uh, you need to dream big, um, but also you need to take it one step at a time and cherish the journey because that is what is going to uh, follow you for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that yeah, you, you seemed like, oh my gosh, I can't answer this, but that was a perfect, great answer. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying to sum, sum up a million different scenarios into one. <laughs> a million different times I bumped my head, right? Mm -hmm. Probably, probably going to do it about 15 million more times. <laughs> and you have to be willing. Yeah. You have to That's be true. willing. It's like I was talking to Biz, Ben and Liz <laughs> with <laughs> the Unink, and um, we, we stumbled upon this uh, visual for business owners of uh, kind of walking up a staircase as it's being built. And you have to have faith that the next mm. step is going to be there. Right. You are the one building it, but also others with you in your mindset, in that growth mindset and the possibility mindset. But um, yeah, that you have to be willing to fall, maybe roll back down to the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> right. Um, but just enjoy, enjoy that process and, um, and always be looking for that spark of happiness and hope and, and be willing to ask for help. Right. And the number one thing is understanding that when you fail, that's not quitting. Mm. That's basically you getting the opportunity to learn firsthand and apply it to the next big thing. That's all it is. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank it's perfect. You. It's perfect. Thank you so much. Well, are there any last closing words that you want to share with the MVP audience? Well, sure. Um, I think, you know, 
the biggest thing, um, if you want to stay connected with me and what I'm doing, um, you can do that on Instagram, which is one of my main channels, um, at the great underscore Mason. But you also can follow me on LinkedIn and Facebook as well at Ryan D. Mason. And if you do want to check out the book um, or check out any other things that I have, like the tools or anything, you can go to RyanDMason.com and then scroll down about half the page for the book, but also hit get started for free uh, for the digital marketing tools. Fantastic. That's awesome. I'm, I'm really excited to check all that stuff out and I hope everybody else does too. Well, thank you. I, I, it's been a pleasure. I, I'm super, super excited. Can't wait till this comes out. Awesome. Me neither. I, I love all these conversations and they always surprise me. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and your successes and your failures with us. And, and we're excited to continue to watch you on your journey. Wonderful. Let's stay in contact. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Ryan. Hey, so what did you think of MVP Business? If you liked it, please subscribe and tell all your friends. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you didn't like it, don't just leave. Let me know what I can do to improve, who you'd like to hear from, and what you'd like to learn. The mission of MVP Business is to share the strengths and struggles of leaders who have successfully grown their businesses while staying true to their mission and vision so that other entrepreneurs can follow, knowing that the path isn't easy, but the journey's worth it. If you believe in this mission, please help by living it and sharing it. In the meantime, enjoy the day and live with passion. <laughs>